Hey there, Sports History fan. Arnie Chapman here from the Sports History Network. Now, before you jump into this episode, I wanted to share with you an exciting giveaway we have going on with Homefield Apparel. We have a digital $50 gift card to homefieldapparel.com for one lucky fan of the Sports History Network. All you got to do is head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash giveaways to sign up. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash giveaways. The year was 1957. The Boston Celtics were in St. Louis to play the Hawks. The score of the game does not really matter. Bill Russell was in his second year in the NBA and getting ready to leave the arena with his team to travel to their next city. At six foot nine, Russell was used to being the tallest man in the room. But in walks a young man who is four inches taller than Russell. He is a student and basketball player at the University of Kansas. The young man has driven over four hours one way to meet the great Bill Russell. The young man was Wilt Chamberlain. This is how the two men first met, and this is Basketball History 101. This is Basketball History 101 with Rick Loiza. Welcome back to the award-winning Basketball History 101 part of the Sports History Network. I am your host, Rick Loiza, and this is the podcast where we bring to life some of the forgotten stories from basketball history. We are bringing old-school basketball to a new-school audience. And today we bring you the story of the friendship between Bill Russell and Will Chamberlain. In case you did not know, these two players are the best rebounders in NBA history when you look at per-game rebounding average. For his entire career, Will Chamberlain averaged 22.89 rebounds per game. Bill Russell averaged 22.45 rebounds per game. That is number one and number two in league history. The guy in third place is Bob Pettit at 16.22 rebounds per game. That means that Wilt and Russell averaged 30% more rebounds than the third best rebounder in the league. That is amazing. And the reason I'm referring to rebounding average is because NBA careers were so much shorter back in the 1950s and 60s. Back then, players were lucky to play 10 seasons. The amount of medical knowledge that they had back then was practically the stone age compared to today. In the last 60 years, the amount of medical research that has gone into sports medicine is staggering. Trainers and doctors today know so much more about how to help an athlete take care of his or her body. The surgical techniques that are used today are light years ahead of what they had in the 1960s. It is no mystery as to why superstars today regularly play 16 seasons and beyond. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was the first player to reach 20 seasons when he did it in 1988-89. Since then, eight more players have joined him at season 20 or beyond. My point is that Wilt and Russell played 14 seasons and 13 seasons respectively, which was a really long time back in their day. So you would think that they would not be that high on the NBA's list of total rebounds because they played so many fewer games than the guys do today. But here is the list of the top three players in total rebounds for a career. It starts with Will Chamberlain with 23,924. Then in second place is Bill Russell with 21,620. In third place is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar with 17,440. This means that Russell, with seven fewer seasons, had 4,000 more rebounds than Kareem. Will Chamberlain played six fewer seasons and had 6,000 more rebounds than Kareem. And remember that Kareem is in third place all time, so it's not like I'm comparing Wilt and Russell to some scrub. 
This is the last thing that I will say about the rebounding before I get on with the main story. Both Wilt and Russell spend most of their seasons averaging well above 20 rebounds per game. So I want to take a look at their worst rebounding season. Wilt's worst rebounding season was 1970-71 when he averaged 18.2 rebounds per game. For Russell, his worst rebounding season was 1967-68 when he averaged 18.6 rebounds. Just to put that in context, Dennis Rodman's best rebounding season was 91-92 when he averaged 18.7 rebounds. This means that Rodman's best season of his career was virtually identical to Wilt's and Russell's worst season. Now let that sink in for a bit. Now I say that last part with no disrespect to Dennis Rodman. I love Rodman and what he brought to the court. I think he is one of the greatest defenders the league has ever seen. He is one of the few if not only player who could legitimately guard all five positions. He guarded Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan, Karl Malone, and Shaquille O'Neal. Those are all very different positions and different styles of offense and Rodman guarded them all. So back to Wilt and Russell. They were so dominant in their day that it was natural for them to experience a rivalry. Bill Russell joined the NBA in 1956-57 and Will Chamberlain joined the NBA three years later in 1959-60. Their careers overlapped by 10 seasons. They played a ton of games against each other. Russell spent his entire career with the Boston Celtics while Will started his career with the Philadelphia Warriors, then relocated with them to the San Francisco Warriors. He was then traded back to Philadelphia as a 76er before finishing his career with the LA Lakers. Because the NBA was so much smaller back then, every team played every other team anywhere between 8 and 12 times per season. So Wilt and Russell played each other just around every two weeks for the entire 10 years that they were both in the league. The media wanted so badly to make their relationship into an acrimonious rivalry. The press wanted so bad for these two men to hate each other. They were the two most dominant centers. Russell was collecting championships the way other people collect baseball cards. Wilt was collecting scoring and rebounding records, well, like the way other people collect baseball cards. The two men refused to hate each other. In fact, they respected each other a great deal. They each appreciated the kind of pressure that the other was under. Now, this is not a situation like Russell Westbrook or Kevin Durant who can't stand each other. Or like in the 1980s when Michael Jordan hated Isaiah Thomas. Or when Larry Bird hated Isaiah Thomas. Or when Carl Malone hated Isaiah Thomas. It's a good thing that social media did not exist back in the 1960s. Or else every basketball page on Facebook and Twitter would be talking about every rumor that Wilt and Russell hated each other. Or they would bring up the beef that their respective entourages said or some nonsense. The truth is, Wilt and Russell were friends. And I will get into that friendship right after this break. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. At the Sports History Network, we're all about sports yesteryear, and so we're so pleased to introduce you to Row One, an online memorabilia gallery and shop that brings your sports history to life anywhere. The Row One Gallery includes over 5,200 gorgeously reproduced prints of team posters, game program covers, game tickets, advertisements, and more in baseball, pro and college football, pro and college basketball, and more. And any gallery item may be printed in a variety of sizes on wood, metal, canvas, acrylic, or poster paper. And in Row One Shop, check out the thousands more of unique 
unique items with a retro and historical designs dating back to 1876, including t-shirts, long sleeve shirts, phone cases, mugs, blankets, pillows, towels, and even shower curtains. Go to sportshistorynetwork.com, R-O-W number one, for access to the full Row 1 catalog and for gallery prints and gift items, plus get a 15% discount off all prints on the Row 1 Pictorum Gallery with coupon code SHN15. Follow the link on the show notes. Welcome back to the show and let us continue with the story of the friendship between Will Chamberlain and Bill Russell. The relationship began in 1957. Bill Russell was with the Boston Celtics and Wilt was still at the University of Kansas. When the Celtics flew to St. Louis to play the Hawks, guess who was in attendance? Will Chamberlain. He drove from Kansas to St. Louis for a chance to meet Bill Russell. Because Wilt was already over seven feet tall, they probably just thought that he was one of the players and he got to meet Bill Russell and the two spent time together. That is how he got started. By the time Wilt joined the NBA, he had already established his relationship with Bill Russell. As I mentioned before the break, the NBA was so much smaller during the 1960s. Therefore, teams played each other a lot more. Often, Russell was in Boston and Wilt was in Philadelphia for half his career, whether it was with the Philadelphia Warriors or the Philadelphia 76ers. And when their respective teams flew into each other's cities, they would pick each other up at the airport. And this is what I mean. When the Celtics flew into Philadelphia, Wilt Chamberlain would be waiting at the airport. The rest of the Celtics would take taxis to their hotel, but Bill Russell would get into Wilt Chamberlain's car and go to Wilt's house for dinner. The same was true in Boston. When the 76ers flew in, Wilt would immediately go with Bill Russell to Russell's house for dinner, and they would both stay over at each other's house in the guest room. When you let somebody regularly sleep over at your house when he is in town, that's a friend. Most every time that the two men played against each other, they had just eaten together before the game. That is what it was like, and they had this little quirk of calling each other by their full names when sending messages. Russell would send a message signed, William Felton Russell, and Will did the same. His messages were signed, Wilton Norman Chamberlain. When they greeted each other in person, they would call each other by their middle names. Russell would say, hello Norman, and Wilt responded with, hello Felton. At the time, nobody knew about their habit of having dinner together before games, except their teammates, and they did not talk about it with anybody. That kind of activity was frowned upon in the NBA at the time. Fraternizing with the enemy was a no-no, but what are you gonna do? These were not two rookies trying to make the team. This was Bill Russell and Will Chamberlain. If they wanted to have dinner together and have sleepovers, then so be it. Bob Cousy and John Havlicek were certainly not going to talk about it with the media, and neither was Hal Greer or Billy Cunningham. Like any other friendship, it had its rocky moments. The last game that they ever played against each other was Game 7 of the 1969 NBA Finals. Uh, by the way, I do a full episode on the 1969 Finals if you want to go hear the full story of that matchup. It is Episode 62 if you want to check it out. So, in the final minutes of Game 7, Will Chamberlain hurts his knee in some way. Even to this day, nobody knows what happened. Replays do not show any contact just Wilt limping down the court. He asked out of the game and after a few minutes told coach Butch Van Bredikoff that he was ready to go back in. Well, Van Bredikoff was still fuming that Wilt asked out of the game at all. These were the final minutes of game seven. The Lakers were within striking distance of their first championship in LA and their first chance to finally defeat the Celtics in the finals. The Celtics won the game and Bill Russell retired from basketball. During that following year, Bill Russell was an in-demand public speaker. Russell was speaking to some college students in Wisconsin when a student asked a question about Game 7. Russell said that he felt Wilt let his team down. Here is Russell's exact quote. Wilt copped out of that last game. Any injury short of a broken leg or a broken back isn't good enough. 
when he took himself out of that game, when he hurt his knee, well, I wouldn't have put him back in the game either, unquote. What Russell did not know was that a local reporter was in the crowd and writing down everything that Russell was saying, and he published that story the next day. When word got back to Wilt about what Russell had said, it ruined their friendship. Wilt had thought about calling Russell to get an explanation or at least get some context on Russell's side of the story, but then he figured it should be Russell to make the first call to apologize. The two men did not speak to each other for years, and it did not help the relationship when Russell went into broadcasting while Wilt was still with the Lakers. There was one game where Wilt and the Lakers were playing the Milwaukee Bucks who had a young Kareem Abdul-Jabbar on the team. Wilt caused Kareem to miss 14 out of his first 19 shots, and Wilt was blocking shots taken by some of the other Bucks players. Russell was in the broadcast booth and said nothing about the way Wilt was playing. But when Kareem finally got his first block of the game in the second quarter, Russell screams out, Now that's playing defense! And on that night that Wilt broke Russell's all-time rebounding record, Bill Russell refused to interview Wilt after the game. They treated it like nothing had happened. When Steph Curry broke the three-point record last season, they stopped the game. Ray Allen and Reggie Miller came out onto the court to congratulate Steph, and then they interviewed Steph after the game to discuss the record. But when Wilt broke the rebounding record, it was like crickets chirping. Wilt admits to not being as focused on winning as Russell was. This is a longer quote from Wilt's own memoir. Quote, to Bill, every game, particularly every championship game, was a challenge and a test of his manhood. He took the game so seriously that he threw up in the locker room before almost every game. But I tend to look on basketball as a game, not a life and death struggle. I don't need scoring titles or NBA championships to prove that I'm a man. There are too many other beautiful things in life. Food, cars, girls, friends, the beach, freedom. To get that emotionally wrapped up in basketball, I think Bill knew I felt that way and I think he both envied and resented my attitude. On the one hand, I think he wished he could learn to take things easier too, and on the other hand, I think he may have felt that my natural ability and my willingness to work hard that my teams could have won an NBA championship every year if I was as totally committed to victory as he was." Unquote. To Bill Russell, the game was everything. To Will Chamberlain, the game was just something, alongside a lot of other somethings. Russell once said that the reason he was so laser focused on winning championships is because the NBA championship trophy is the only trophy that the NBA gives out that is not the result of a vote. The championship trophy is earned by winning it on the court. A few years after those comments that Bill Russell made about Wilt, they were in the same room together at some sort of a basketball function. Russell pulled Wilt aside and looked him in the eye and apologized for his comments. And that was all Wilt wanted to hear. They were friends again. By the time the 1980s rolled around and both men had long been retired, they would do interviews together commenting on the state of the NBA in the 1980s and 1990s. They were both very happy and willing to sit down together to be interviewed. They also spoke on the phone regularly. Russell once said to Wilt that nobody else in the world knew how good Wilt really was except for Russell because Russell not only had to defend him, but they talked about it all the time. Sadly, Wilt Chamberlain passed away in his home on October 12, 1999 of a heart attack. Bill Russell eulogized him at the funeral. He referred to his relationship with Wilt as an integral part of his life. He also called him a friend. Earlier this year, we also lost Bill Russell. However, prior to his passing, Russell was interviewed about Wilt and he said the following, quote, Wilt and I were not rivals. I tell people that and they say, what are you talking about? We were competitors. You see, in a rivalry, there is a victor and a vanquished, and he was never vanquished. And so, we were competitors. 
That is a perfect way to close this episode on the great Bill Russell and Will Chamberlain. Join us next week when we share a profile on the late great Pistol Pete Maravich. That's next time on Basketball History 101, part of the Sports History Network, the headquarters of Sports Yesteryear. Go to sportshistorynetwork.com to find out more about this and other sports history podcasts. If you like what you hear, please hit that subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts and check out our page on Facebook. It's called Basketball History 101 Podcast. There you will find shorter historical posts as well as comments and discussion starters on today's game. I'll also announce there when new episodes come out. I want to thank my producer and editor, Jacob Loiza. Join us each week as we continue to mine the history of basketball for more great stories in the past. Take care and see you soon. Well, and I were not rivals. I tell people that and they say, what are you talking about? We were competitors. You see, in a rivalry, there's a victor and a vanquished. He was never vanquished. And so we were competitors. Hey there, sports history fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. This is Mark Mortier, and if you're a sports history fan like me, tune in and hear me talk about some great sports moments of the past. Growing up during the 1970s, I got to watch some of the most iconic moments in sports history. Hank Aaron breaking Babe Ruth's home run record. Willis Reed limping out of the locker room in Game 7 of the NBA Finals at Madison Square Garden as the fans erupted with a thunderous ovation. The 1980 Miracle on Ice as Team USA defeated the powerful Soviet Union in the Olympics. Listen every Tuesday on Yesterday Sports. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.